Welcome to the program, listeners. Tyler Friel with you on WISR, 680 AM, 107.5 FM. You are listening to Let's Talk, our half hour where we sit down and chat with various businesses, organizations, nonprofits, and more in our area. Today, our conversation is with Tri-Rivers Musculoskeletal Centers. I'm sure a familiar name for most of our listeners, but today we're talking to a relatively new doctor with the organization, and that is Dr. Mark Dakotas, who joins us in studio. Dr. Dakotas, great to have you here. Welcome Th- to the show. Thanks for having me, Tyler. So before we get started, as always, we like to remind our listeners that we are around for 30 minutes. So if you can't stick around for the full conversation, we do have you covered online. You can go to WISR680.com. Just look under the programs page, and then you'll be able to find our conversation today with Tri-Rivers Musculoskeletal Centers. And also, you can now find Let's Talk on Spotify. Just search for WISR Let's Talk, and you can find today's conversation as well. Once again, Dr. Mark Dakotas, our guest from Tri-Rivers Musculoskeletal Centers. Centers. So, Dr. Dakotas, we'll keep it simple. What do you do? <laughs> <laughs> so, it's, it's a great question. It can be a little bit complicated, but no, I, uh, I'm, I'm happy to be, be starting here with Tri-Rivers Musculoskeletal Centers. Um, my background is in something called physical medicine and rehabilitation. We'll kind of get into a little bit about what that is, but they call me a physiatrist. I really specialize in things like interventional spine and sports medicine care. Um, so it's a lot of musculoskeletal injuries, whether it's your neck, your back, can also deal with people that have shoulder pain, hip pain, elbow pain, you name it. Um, so I'm a little bit of pain management. I'm mostly sort of a functional specialist. That's what I like to tell people. I try, I'm here to try and improve your function. That usually, mm. that usually tends to coexist with pain management, but really function is my main level of uh, expertise. So how long have you been with Tri-Rivers now? So I started in September. So it's been a little bit, just over a month. Uh, I've worked at other places kind of throughout the Eastern seaboard and within Pennsylvania. So I'm gradually moving my way West here. It seems like in Pittsburgh, but very happy to be here. So, uh, you know, I always like to, whenever chatting with doctors, you know, curious to what got you into this line of work, you know, why was this the, you know, why medicine and why this specific uh, type of practice? So uh, another great question. I, uh, I went into college thinking that I liked science and I was trying to look for things that that could really be applied. And I actually graduated college and I knew the one thing I did not want to do was medicine. Uh, I went into a lot of research uh, and did some science projects that way. I worked on malaria vaccines and things, uh, Hmm. which was really interesting at the time. But as the years went on, I noticed uh, I'm kind of gravitating back towards talking with people and helping people. I had played sports throughout my whole life and undergone a litany of different injuries that I really took a keen interest in understanding how the doctors went about treating me. Uh, And so that kind of grabbed my attention when I thought, hey, maybe medicine won't be that bad. All I had heard about was how long the training is and all these types of things. So it sort of intimidated me. But as I got closer to it and sort of read about it, it seemed like something I could kind of go into. And I'm very happy that I did. So you said physiatry. What is that? It's uh, again, the, the, the idea of physiatry is sort of the, the practice of, of function. So um, it's a very broad field. Uh, it's sort of a bit of an amalgamation for listeners who understand a little bit about medical specialties. It's a little bit of orthopedics. It's a little bit of anesthesia and pain management. There's a little bit of internal medicine in terms of broadly taking care of patients' organ systems, such as their heart, their lungs, their kidneys. Um, and then there's a little bit in there uh, that's sort of out of left field. Uh, and so throughout my training, the, the field itself sort of spans treatment of people that have had strokes and their rehabilitation. So not necessarily the neurological and neurosurgical evaluations and treatments, 
But once they've been acutely stabilized, what do you do then? So I have a, an aphasia. I can't eat right or talk right after the stroke. We're sort of the, um, the specialty that jumps in. So that's sort of one end of it. Same thing with spinal cord injuries, diving accidents, car accidents, people that are paraplegics or quadriplegics. They come into PM&R to try and get better. Uh, and again, improve their function. Maybe they're not back to riding, uh, you know, Olympic level bicycling, but at least they're able to do some of the function they were able to do. On the other end of that same field, I do a lot more outpatient medicine. So those things are usually in an acute care hospital or an acute rehab institute. And I sort of went into the fork of the road that does more outpatient things. So people that come in with run of the mill stuff, I'm not really in the hospital all that much sort of stabilizing acute injuries. But you know, these people have very, um, you know, impactful pain impacts their activities of daily living. And I try and get them back and up to speed to what they're doing. So it would be fair to say there's not one specific area you're targeting on the body. So there's not a really typical patient seems like you seem a lot of different uh, types of individuals. Extremely well put. That's yeah. What our main thing as physiatrists is to say we don't have one organ system. We don't have the heart or the liver or even the bones because that's the orthopedists. We sort of look at everything together, um, and so that takes a, it's sort of a multifaceted approach oftentimes to treating patients to again improve their function. So we're not going to break any HIPAA violations here, but can you give me an example <laughs> of a patient that maybe you just recently had and kind of what your involvement is the first time you see them to working through that process? Sure. So Sort of a, a run-of-the-mill patient may be referred to me, or it may be a new patient uh, who who likes you know that type of thing and getting their function back to level. So sort of the the run-of-the-mill average type patient, you know, may have developed pain, or it may have been there for a while. Um, you know, they may be having back pain that might be running into their legs or into their hip. Maybe they think that they might have a pinched nerve or some type of sciatica, um, and they're not really sure what to do about those things. They've heard of Advil and Tylenol, and they know that stretching might be helpful. So they kind of come to me for a little bit of guidance. I might talk to them about some of the anti-inflammatory medications that I'm aware of that might help, some nerve medications that may help, and certain exercises that may help, or referring them to a therapist that can really get their hands in and show them specifically what exercises might be best. Now, if they come back and they're feeling better, that's great. But if they're not, which is sometimes the case, we sort of have a plan B and C in place. May include an MRI, getting a closer look, doing injections, things like that. You mentioned back pain. I mean, that seems to be, I think we're all familiar with, you know, maybe our listeners are dealing with it or they most likely know somebody that's dealing with it. So why do we have back pain? I mean, what, what is the cause of it? How, how do we know what is really behind our issues? So it's, it's, it's complicated. Um, that's the short answer. But um, <laughs> effectively, there's a million and one ways you can get to having back pain. Um, you know, I think most people understand trauma can happen. Uh, if you're usually this occurs with, with younger people, they're trying to help their friend lift a refrigerator and they feel, you know, quote unquote, their back go out or they hear a disc pop or something like that. Um, that can provide some acute back pain, which I definitely treat, you know, but most of the pain that, that uh, people will, will have is sort of once you get into your 40s, your 50s, your 60s, and later, you start to get a little bit of an aching or a nagging. Now, over time, joints break down. So in your back, your back is made of bones and joints just like your knee and your hip and your shoulder. The joints are a little bit smaller, but arthritis and things like that can also impact those joints. So not just joints, but you have discs there, you have nerves there, you have muscles there. All of those can sort of be a nidus for your pain. So it's my job to sort of chat with you, see what mechanism you originally underwent, 
what's the primary driver of what these things are doing and what downstream effects are you really suffering from and how do I work with you to try and reverse those things or fix those things? So yeah, lifting improper techniques, putting on weight, being inactive, and then suddenly trying to be active. Um, all of those things are sort of leading candidates that can then promote some of this back pain. So when you're working with them, it's almost... Uh, kind of this figuring out a puzzle, if you will, that you're just trying to put pieces together to see what may be the root cause of back pain. Exactly. And that's another thing that drives me into medicine. And one of the fields that sort of blends with physiatry that I didn't message is, is neurology is sort of, if I have something going on here, what are the possible reasons I have that going on? And so, yes, I work with a history and physical examination. I listen to patients and kind of do an exam on them imaging that we have available on site in the form of x-rays and sometimes MRIs can be extremely helpful. When you're talking with uh, folks who may be in their 40s and 50s and haven't had that back pain yet, are there certain things that we can do that may be better uh, in order to keep our back preserved as we get older? Yes, absolutely. Um, so we say, uh, I don't know if we is the correct term, but I definitely say this, and I must have <laughs> learned it from somewhere because it's a bit of a gimmick, but we say that motion is the lotion. So appropriate motions, physical exercise, strength, and stretching can really lead to a reduced incidence of getting some back pain. Um, so motion is the lotion and rest is rust. We don't want you laying on a couch eating potato chips. Certainly weight can contribute to these things. So keeping a healthy weight can be healthy, um, can be good. Uh, but when you're going to the gym or you're doing any exercises, trying to include about five or 10 minutes even of just core exercises can be extremely helpful. And core exercises doesn't mean you're leaving the gym with six pack abs. <laughs> Oftentimes core exercises are really relating to what we call paraspinal or just on the outside of your spine those types of stabilizing muscles can keep your bones in the right alignment, reduce your incidence of things like disc herniations, the dreaded disc herniation. Um, so even five or 10 minutes on a daily or semi, you know, weekly basis, at least can, can those are things like planks, um, you know, stretching that, that uh, we can offer and things like that. Again, we're talking with Dr. Mark Dakota's Tri-Rivers Musculoskeletal Centers. You talked a little bit about P, M, and R. What do those stand for? So that is that is physical medicine and rehab. Uh, so that is the, the actual definition or the name of the field. I shorten it to physiatry to make it easier, but sometimes that gets confused with physical therapists <laughs> or psychiatrists because there's a lot of P's, S's, and Y's in there. But I've been interviewing a lot of doctors lately, and I've learned more about these complicated medical words that represent fields. I'm like, just <laughs> yes. guy, guy like PM&R, that one's, that one's straightforward. That's right. So what's all behind this? What are some of the common services for PM&R that uh, you could provide? So uh, again, I mentioned before, the field itself is quite broad. There's sort of an inpatient arm that handle people that are after traumatic brain injury or strokes, as well as spinal cord injuries. Um, and then there's the other arm, which is a little bit more outpatient heavy, uh, and that that deals a lot with the musculoskeletal system and function. So like I said, I, I sort of direct people to try and improve their life by any means possible. That may be medications, that may be therapeutic options, that may be maintenance therapies, that may be acupuncture or anything of the like. So um, I'm sort of the gateway into trying to help them in those facets. So we talk about big words and I you know I hear this in commercials and seen in print mm -hmm. all the time, fluoroscopically guided injections. Oh, yeah. it's, a, it's a great scrabble word. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> What does that mean? Um, so it's a fancy word for saying we use an x-ray for accuracy. Mm. That's what that means. So we use, uh, it's an x-ray machine called the C-arm, just because it looks like a C, uh, and it kind of moves around. And so 
Oftentimes I'll use these for things like epidural injections, which can help pain that's running down your legs if we think it's coming from nerves in your back. Um, the x-ray machine uh, or the fluoroscope gives me an idea of what space is safe and so that I can accurately place a needle near that space. I know that uh, some of the, the viewers may be cringing when they hear needle in back, mm -hmm. but I can assure you that using this type of um, guidance is very uh, safe and effective for getting where I need the medication to get to and avoiding other structures, equally as important, avoiding other structures I don't wanna be near. One of the things you, you mentioned too early on are those traumatic injuries, diving accidents and things of mm -hmm. that nature. So give me an example, uh, hopefully none of our listeners find themselves in that situation but if someone has had a traumatic injury mm -hmm. when you're working with the spinal cord when you're working with the back mm -hmm. what's that process like so that that again that's a little bit more of the inpatient services that are provided some, from from some of the other physiatrists and their okay. specialties but i do have some some experience with that hopefully i'd be evaluating that person in a hospital but these people suffer with these issues for a long time and there can be downstream functional sequelae of them, which again is where I would step in. So I've had patients who have, you know, needed help with their their walking ability or their bowel and bladder care. Or I had uh, one patient recently who was uh, he had a dominant hand that was uh, that was impacted by a spinal cord injury and had to kind of learn how to do things with his non-dominant hand. So um, again, I provide a lot of services that can help that. I work really closely with some of the physical and occupational therapists to help facilitate that on a more regular basis. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely open to helping all of those patients. It really feels like this is a whole body approach exactly. thing from you. Yes. I uh, want to talk to a little bit about uh, nerve damage mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, to me, this is something that is an area that people may not be too familiar with. No, okay, my, my nerves are damaged, but what does that mean? How does that feel? What what does somebody with nerve damage, what are some of the symptoms they're experiencing? So, yeah, it's I think it's best to think about this from a symptom perspective and not get caught down into the actual anatomy, which can get very confusing quickly. Um, so the symptoms, if we work backwards from if I have nerve damage or a pinched nerve, what's the difference? What's going on? Usually a burning sensation, a buzzing sensation, electrical sensation that's traveling is, uh, can be indicative of nerve, nerve pain. Um, so that can also be indicative of other, other things, uh, but more often than not, my sensors go off when I hear that. Usually what it's telling me is that there could be some inflammation or some interference with the nerve. And that nerve is running and giving that sensation down the entire pathway that it normally innervates to sort of sound the alarm. But normally the, the key words are going to be things like numbness or buzzing or electrical or burning. Um, and sort of it, it works its way from the, from the center out. Now you can have injuries to those nerves in your brain or in your spinal cord, which would carry other problems like weakness and things like that. Um, and as you get further and fur further out in the nerves, you can still have that weakness, but that's when we think about, we think about, you know, numbness and pain and those types of things. So what could cause nerve damage? Again, certainly I think the thing that comes to everybody's mind is trauma. Um, and I keep going back to the diving accident, but that's not the only trauma. Um, so, and that's more spinal cord injury, the center where the nerves kind of come off of. If you think of a tree, you're thinking of the trunk of the tree, not necessarily the branches or the twigs. But if you have damage to the branches of the twigs, that can still cause problems. So outside of those types of traumatic injuries, you can have disc herniations in your back. So that's a very common one. The discs are the areas between your bones. As you get older, they get a little bit more degenerative. They tend to move around a little bit and they can kind of squeak back onto your nerves. You can have some um, 
<clears throat> you can have some inflammation around your nerves. Certainly if you have diabetes, there can be damage to the nerves. Diabetes tends to impact some of the vasculature and vessels around the nerves. And all of a sudden the nerves aren't being given the nutrition that they need and they tend to die back. People often see that in their fingertips and their toes. Mm. So there's all types of patterns of nerve injury. It can be caused by systemic diseases like diabetes, traumas, uh, incidental traumas or twisting things like herniated discs and sort of 6,000 other things that I'm not really telling you right now. So, it, you know, in terms of nerve damage, how do you guys treat it or how do you step in and, and what's your role in this? So great question. So uh, again, my, my role is sort of from a functional and from a symptomatic perspective. We hope, uh, and I'll use the analogy of, of sort of a hole in the ceiling causing a wet basement. Um, sometimes treating the symptoms or cleaning up the wet basement doesn't necessarily fill the hole in the ceiling. Mm -hmm. If it is, and it sort of depends on what the, what the cause of the nerve damage is. If it is something like diabetes, treating the diabetes. If it is something like a disc herniation, that's sort of where Tri-Rivers, um, you know, multidisciplinary physician approach really comes into play because we see that quite frequently. So sort of, and I'm putting air quotes here, fixing the disc herniation can be a little bit complicated. Normally, physical therapy is at the center of that. And I sort of clean up the basement. I give some people symptom relief while they can get into physical therapy and start doing those usually rewiring those muscles can help those disc herniations, which long-term improves those nerve symptoms. Sometimes that's not the case, and sometimes things like surgery have to be discussed, um, but we hope you know, as much as we can uh, to avoid those types of things. So surgery is last resort for a lot of these patients? So it's, it's the right resort. Um, and uh, you know, for me, oftentimes, if I don't see huge red flag symptoms like frank weakness where people can't pick up their foot, not because of pain, mm -hmm. but because their nerve is not able, it's so damaged, it's not able to give their muscles the signals to pick up their foot, what we call a foot drop. You may hear somebody walking down the hall and slapping their foot down. So if something like that is happening, they should probably go to surgery. So the right patients for surgery mm -hmm. are great. Otherwise, trying to manage the pain and the dysfunction uh, as best as I can before surgery is usually my my goal. Talking with Dr. Mark Dakota's Tri-Rivers Musculoskeletal Centers. From an emotional standpoint, I mean, you're working on the functionality side of this. For a lot of folks, you know, whether it's a traumatic injury or whatever it may be, when you lose those abilities, you know, again, things like nerve damage, uh, back pain, where you're not being able to do the activities, what does it mean for you to be able to bring these folks back and have them participate in the activities that they once did. It's incredible. Um, you know, I, I kind of went into medicine because of my positive experiences with people that helped me sort of get back to return to play. And in the back of my head, I thought, you know, I'm, I'm young, my body is invincible, I'm just gonna, you know, return to play whether or not I have a, a doctor involved or not. But as you get older and you realize you need a little bit of a kick to really try and help you out, whether that is medications or whether that's therapy or whether that's a fluoroscopic guided injection or whatever, um, I take a lot of pride in being in a position where I can relate with my patients over some of these injuries and trying to help them get back. And I think, you know, some of the excitement and their... Um, their thankfulness when they come back, it really, it, it sort of bolsters me throughout the day. Um, it's, it's sort of the cherry on top. I'm there to help people that are not feeling well, but when people come back in and tell me what I'm doing is sort of helping them, uh, you know, it lifts me up throughout the rest of the day. It's great. How about Tri-Rivers from a sports medicine standpoint? You know, how many athletes are you seeing typically, you know, what ranges of ages, you know, are you guys treating for injuries? Basically, what's Tri-Rivers involvement with the uh, athletic and sports athletes out there? So uh, we have a pretty robust uh, sideline coverage program. So some of our other 
other doctors will, will be on the sidelines for a lot of sporting events and helping these, uh, these athletes that, you know, they break their ankles or their collarbones or God forbid they have more serious uh, issues and they have specific training in that. It, within my practice, um, you know, I see, I see a couple of athletes here and there, the primary aspects of sports medicine, quote unquote, it's not necessarily saying that they, they, uh, they have a torn meniscus and they're an excellent athlete. It could be over time that they have some peripheral joint, knee, hip, shoulder problems, and that some of the same therapies used to get those younger players back in the field is also helpful for these older individuals or, you know, to, to get back to what they're doing. But we have a, a dedicated sports medicine uh, physician named Dr. Miller. We have a couple of other orthopedists that focus on sports medicine. I have a background in sports medicine um, because a little bit more of my focus is on back and neck. I see uh, a little bit more of those patients, but I'm, I'm happy as well when somebody, I'm not happy when somebody <laughs> comes in with rotator cuff issues, but you know what I mean? I'm happy to help those people and I'm very confident in what I do. Um, but we certainly have a, a number of different physicians that, that also are, are very, very capable at, at handling both uh, sort of younger sports injuries uh, and then sort of older injuries that occur that are similar to sports injuries. Is there any way to prevent the wear and tear on our body? You know, if you did play sports when you were younger, I mean, is there anything that we can do to avoid those types of injuries? Motion is the lotion, Tyler. So, um, <laughs> you know, like I said before, it, it's trying to keep the balance between um, what your muscles are trying to do and your joint health. So leave it, I know it sounds like a cliche, but living a healthy lifestyle is probably the most important thing. But let's be honest, this is this is life and you want to enjoy what you're doing. So there's no re, there's no way to go back in time and say, man, I wish I didn't do, you know, six million squats as a power lifter. And now you're suffering with back pain. Mm -hmm. If you enjoyed what you do, it's our job as physicians and my job as a physiatrist physician to figure out a way to make you as functional as I can, given that you were a power lifter or that you were a surfer or that you were a lacrosse player or whatever. And yeah, maybe you're suffering from some of those downstream effects. But you enjoyed your life, hopefully, and it's it's our it's our job to sort of get that balance back again through physical therapy, uh, medications, injections, you know, therapy options. So it's um, that's on us. How about for our listeners out there as we you know start to get into these colder months? Motion is the lotion, but it's a little bit more difficult whenever you start to approach these cold seasons. What are some things that you suggest that maybe people can even do around their house or you know just in every day to day life in order to make sure they're staying active? So that's a great point. We do see a lot of uh, sort of exacerbations of some people's pain when they were up in and Adam during the summer, they had less of these symptoms. So yeah, I think, I think this is a great point. Um, indoor options. Uh, I pretty much like anything that's body weight. So going out to a gym is awesome. And, you know, using those free weights and, and this calisthenic machine and whatever is awesome if that's what gets you going. But I think a maintenance program even if it's for 20 minutes, 10 or 20 minutes a day, even if you're not getting your, your heart rate up to, you know, 150 and building a sweat can be really impactful. So talking to your, your physician, uh, even if they're not me, uh, can hopefully help in terms of generating what I call a home exercise program. So kind of targeting a couple of good core exercises and a good couple of peripheral exercises to do on a daily or almost every other day. So that may be jumping jacks, that might be push-ups, that might be crunches, but it can also be easier things. Walking around the neighborhood, if you have a treadmill inside, if you're taking a dog for a walk, 
is trying to find ways to remind yourself to do things and sort of associate it with good, uh, you know, happy, th like taking your dog for a walk is a good instance. Mm -hmm. You're getting a little bit of socialization for the dog and also you're getting yourself a little bit of exercise is the best way, I think. Talking with Dr. Mark Dakota's Tri-Rivers Musculoskeletal Centers. So what were your sports of choice? I was a uh, I was a soccer player in the fall, and then I played basketball in the winter and baseball in the the summer. Um, I still try and play a little bit of soccer, but it's getting it's getting creaky <laughs> all over. I have to bring the oil can to the to the field sometimes. And that was you know talking about the wear and tear. Is there just certain things that you know eventually we're going to get creaky? Yes. So uh, <laughs> some people will argue, and and I guess I'm one of them, that arthritis is not necessarily inevitable. Uh, it's likely, uh, but if you prescribe to, if you, you know, get yourself into a, a great healthy lifestyle, that can sort of be, the can can be kicked down the road, but like everything, your vision, your memory, uh, you know, your taste buds, your hair color, a lot of things over time are going to degenerate. So don't get frustrated if those things happen. It happens to the vast, vast, vast majority of people. Um, but again, working with your physician or even your support network of family and friends about how did they deal with this um, to try and maintain your level and your comfort of lifestyle as you get older, uh, I think is the most important thing. You talked about pain management, uh, you know, for folks who may be trying to go without that medical help. Is there a breaking point they need to meet or is an early intervention a better option for these individuals? That, that's, that's hard. That's hard to discern because everybody's, mm -hmm. you know, pain level is different. Um, but from my perspective, I try and take kind of pain out of the equation in terms of saying, don't come to see me unless you have five out of 10 pain. When things start to interrupt your day and you're noticing them a lot, I can't sleep. I can't cook my favorite dish. I can't take my dog for a walk or I'm having trouble doing those things. I think that's when you should probably see somebody. Now, tincture of time, um, you know, does help a lot of things. Um, and sometimes that's actually the, the, the boring therapy that I'll talk to patients for. You know, take two of these and call me in the morning sometimes helps. But oftentimes if you're dealing with something for a couple of days or a couple of weeks or God forbid months or years and things in your daily life are getting interrupted, more than likely, you need some type of advice to get you over the hump, at least. So for people who do want to reach out to Tri-Rivers, how would exactly they do that? So we have a couple of offices. Uh, we have one that's north in Slippery Rock, two here in Butler, two in Cranberry, and then I believe we have one down in the North Hills. So sort of six offices that span, you know, north to south in the, in the North Hills here. Um, you can always give us a call. That's easy. Uh, we have people that, are, that always pick up the phone. It's one 866 8747483 and we also have a convenient website that's just try rivers msk which stands for musculoskeletal but try rivers msk.com so either of those two things can get you involved and 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 figure out which doctor is right for you in terms of what you're calling in or or posting in about and again, as we, we talked about uh, at the beginning of the program, too, Tri-Rivers has been around for a long time. I mean, the Tri-Rivers name has been around Butler for over 50 years now. You know, for you to join a practice uh, in a service like this, what have you know, experienced about the Tri-Rivers team uh, during your short time so far? Yeah, I mean, they're pretty excellent. I've worked in a couple of different places before this, and I feel like when the continuity of um, the staff be it from the front desk to the nursing staff, to the physicians, to the radiology technicians who take the x-rays and things like that. I think when there's some, you know, hegemony and teamwork amongst those, it's, it's the best. So people are walking around with smiles. 
There's, um, you know, fewer miscommunications, which means better wait times and things like that for patients. Still some wait times, but <laughs> hopefully not too long. Um, but no, I, th I think the teamwork aspect and the, and the family style that, that's been sort of in this, this company for a long time that I'm now becoming acquainted with has really been unlike other places that I've been at. So it's, it's been excellent. I'm, I'm really excited to see how that interacts so far with the, with the Butler uh, and sort of the North Pittsburgh communities. So I see here on your your resume of sorts that I was given, Rutgers. Rutgers. Are you a, a Scarlet Knights fan? I, I am not. Um, so I'm sorry it's if they're... probably better. Yeah, I was going to say, if they're <laughs> the two listeners from New Jersey that are out there, I apologize. I grew up in New Jersey. I actually went to school down in D.C., but my whole family went to um, Villanova. So ah. thankfully, uh, I mean, I guess for the, for the population that remembers... Pittsburgh being in the Big East, I do have qualms with you, but for everybody else, <laughs> there's no real good football team at Villanova. It's just their basketball team that yeah. I'm in love with. But okay. no, Rutgers for me is just the name of the medical school, and uh, <laughs> and I have a, some paraphernalia from from there to, to you know jackets and things to wear. That's my allegiance. Are you getting adjusted to Pittsburgh sports fandom and how intense it is out here? I uh, I am, and I'm I am. I am. So I'm actually That's a very right big, answer. yes, I'm a big New York Giants fan. Uh, but because again, I have no qualms with the Steelers. I am. And I'm also very impressed by the amount of, um, you know, ravenous passion that, that goes mm -hmm. on. I, any sports fan, whether it be a rival team or not, has to respect fans like that. But because <laughs> I'm not a rival with Pittsburgh, I'm actually starting to kind of like them. And I've been starting to some, to turn on it. Yeah. I've been to some pirates games, beautiful stadium. Uh, so I, I like them too, but, uh, we're getting there, my wife and I. Welcome to the area. And again, thanks for the time, Dr. Dakotas. Thank you so much, Tyler. I appreciate it. If you missed any of our program, as always, you can check it out online, WISR680.com. He's Dr. Mark Dakotas at Tri-Rivers Musculoskeletal Centers. I'm Tyler Frill saying so long. For now, you are listening to WISR.